Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW with you tonight. So glad that you've joined us here on the show where conversations save lives. And you can be a part of this conversation with us as we talk about our Virtuous Living series. We're continuing on with our series, and we're glad that you're with us tonight here on the show. Dave, so good to see you, man. How you doing? It's good to be here. I, last show, if you were listening, my voice went south, but it came back, so that's good. It is good. I'm glad you have your voice back. Yeah, it's really tough. For a guy that loves to talk, I mean, it's really tough to lose your voice. So I do use a lot of sign language, and I found that I'm not uh, very good at sign language. No, and actually, it's not very great on the radio either. No, it isn't. And a lot of, a lot of dead air. People turn in radios off left and right. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I'm saying, hey, I'm doing my best. You yeah. know, but I did it in sign language. They couldn't even hear it. No, I, I couldn't hear it. Yeah. So. Not good. There you go. Anyway, tonight, our goal for you on this show is to give you something great to talk about this week. Sometimes we avoid conversations because they're difficult. Some we don't know how to approach and to have actual conversations that really do matter. And we've been talking on our Virtuous Living series about some different characteristics that I think every single person needs to exhibit in their life, not only to be successful, but to be people that are life changers. That's that's kind of our, our model for this show is we want to help you guys to be life changers, what that means is to really love God and to love other people and to see how lives are changed. So join the conversation with us. We are on Twitter right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Dave, we're in our Virtuous Living series. This week, I kind of want your thoughts on this word charity. What does that mean to you? You know, I, I immediately think of the word kindness that goes with it. I mean, just showing kindness to people. When you see somebody and, and you see they have a need of some sort and you're able to help them, you help them. That's charity to me. That's regardless of what it means to you. It's not usually convenient to help somebody. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever somebody needs something, it seems like I'm in the middle of something else. And it's like, not now. Yeah. But but it's a need. So whether it be, do you ever have that with your children? I mean, do they ever have a need, but you're saying not now, actually in your head while you get up and take care of them? <laughs> well, let's just go with the season we're in when, you know, when you're trying to train your kids how to do something in the bathroom. Yeah. That, there's, there's never a convenient time. No, that's, that's not a not now kind of thing that you can do. But it, really, it seems as though there are times in life where there are emergencies. And I think in all of our lives, we would like to get to the point where we avoid those, if possible, by planning and that kind of thing. But when something happens and it strikes somebody, I think if we love God, we have prepared ourselves for those moments. And I think that's what charity is. I think if our listeners are listening, I would love for them to be prepared for the inevitable moments to help somebody. Let me give you an example, if I might, to clear it up. Years ago, when we went to Silverberg Trance to start the year-round work, I thought it was important that I learned first aid. Not only learning first aid, but learning how to teach it. 
And back then it was a lot different. Red Cross had, I, I forget how many hours to become an advanced first aid person. And I had to go to all this schooling and get trained. And But I thought, you know how important it will be to have people around our facility that are ready in case of an emergency. Mm. In other words, that to me was charitable. In other words, we're thinking about the inevitable of something happening. Now, you say, will something happen? We have a lake, river, horses. Yeah, something's going to happen, and it's going to happen probably daily. Mm. Not terrible or tragic, but you get 400 people running around, things are going to happen. Yeah. Uh, we get men up there, and, and older men will be running around. They might have a heart attack or something. We need to be ready. Well, that's translated into there's several of our staff today who are younger than me that took it to a new level, and they're EMTs. You know what? I'm so proud of them. Because the reason they became EMTs was because they wanted to be there to give and to help in times of an emergency, not knowing that there would be one, but knowing that there would be one. You know, does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Well, being prepared. I I think there's so many things that... That's Murphy's Law. Anything that could go wrong will go wrong. Being prepared to give. Yes. I mean, that's what you're doing. So if you translate that into other parts of life, and that's what we could talk about in our program is, how how many of us really are setting our lives up so that we're prepared to really help and give? That would be charitable. That would be a a character quality that would be unbelievably powerful in in the change of the world to a positive way. And and really, how do we get there? And I think we can talk about that through the show, but, uh, you know, that'd be very cool to think about. That's a great point. You know, by definition, charity, when I first thought of this word, I I looked up some, you know, character traits and virtues and it's like, oh, charity. So just giving money, you know, once in a while. That's the easy thing to do, by the way. Yeah, it's interesting because I think if you were to walk on the street and ask any one of us, you know, what it comes to mind when you think of charity, and probably I would say at least eight out of ten times someone would say money yeah. is well, a part of it. Well, think about that, though. And in the old story that everybody knows about, you can feed a person with a fish or you can teach them how to fish. I mean, you could do one or the other. Hmm. It is easier. If I'm a fisherman, it is so much easier to throw the fish at you. I mean, here you go. Take care of it. The hard thing would be to teach you how to fish. Who's charitable? The one who gives you the fish or the one that teaches you how to fish? See, I think it's the one who teaches you how because that takes more time and gives you – it's a solution long term. Mm -hmm. We face this all the time in the ministry at camp. We have a lot of young people that come up in in, in Nicolay Bible Institute, a one-year college, and we love to train them on things. You know the honest truth is in several cases, the professional staff, if I want to call them, or, or our staff, whatever, they can do the job better. To watch somebody learn something is sometimes painful if you know what you're doing. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But, but they need to do it. They need to do it. And in order for them to ever become what they should, you need to be positioned in order to help them. Recently, we have a mechanic, and, and I need a, a brake job on my car. And I said, I want to learn. You know, I, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Because he's actually letting me learn. You know what I mean? <laughs> is this like the, the small engine? Yeah, it is, it is. But this guy, this time he's letting me learn. And, <laughs> and, and what's really interesting is he is letting me learn. He's there. It takes just as much time, by the way. Hmm. And it's more frustrating, if you know what you're doing, to watch somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Because you just want to get your hands in there and fix yeah. it. Yeah. Because you know how to do it. It's, it's like, hey, do this. You know, it's like, I think charity, we want to broaden the application a little bit. As far as we're talking today, because it's easy to think, all right, I'm going to go make some money and throw some money at a problem and try and fix it. That mm-hmm. seldom fixes a problem. Yeah. And, it's, and I don't think just giving money is charitable. I think wanting people successful because you love God and you know that God made them to be successful and you're looking for a way to do it, that's charitable. But not just throwing money at them, I don't think. It is interesting that in our Western mindset, that's one of the first things that comes to mind. And maybe it has to do with how much we're 
so concerned about money these days. You know, the, the, the wealth and the disparity of wealth these days. And, and you just look at the, the top, you know, billionaires own, what is it, like 48%? I don't know. Yeah. I'm making up a random statistic. But uh, quite a, a huge chunk of global wealth is pretty much owned by hundred yeah. people, maybe? And, and God says you can't serve God in money. I mean, he yeah. says that. What's interesting is, would you want money so that you could serve God? That kind of thing. Or do you want God so that you can have money? I mean, are you trying to manipulate the system? And, yeah. and it, it's just kind of interesting. So I think, you know, pay attention today as we, we get into on this discussion. I think we'll be able to uh, help un, unwrap some of this stuff and talk about it where hopefully it'll be helpful to you. Yeah, and I hope you hear our hearts too on it. It's We're not having a, a wealth bashing time. We just want to encourage and inspire this kind of a conversation because it's important not only to talk about money or ways to give, but it's important that we have the right attitude, the right heart about this as well. So make sure to be a part of the conversation with us. If you have a thought, share it with us. You can email us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. Also tonight as we go on in the show, we'll add to our show notes. So visit hopenet360.com. That's where it's at. And of course, anytime you need to, you can chat with a live coach there. While you're at hopenet360.com, click on the Talk to a live coach button. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. And while you're there, also make sure to leave us a five-star review on your favorite service. So if you use iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, or or whatever app you use, leave us a five-star review. That way people can find the podcast. They can share with their friends. And it just helps everybody find hope. That's the goal of our show. Jeff, DW, your host tonight. We're so glad that you've joined us here on the show. Dave, we've been chatting about charity and being charitable. And sometimes in American culture, we reduce it to just finances, that we just give money, write out a check, and we think, oh, I helped somebody this week. And while that's good, is that all that being charitable is all about? No. You know, it it all starts. You get this out of order. If somebody's just trying to give money to feel good about themselves, that you know, they can do that, but it's, it's not going to last very long. It's really about caring about other people. It starts, first of all, by understanding that, that we're God's children, that God loves us, that he'll take care of us, and that no matter what happens in this life, we can trust him because he's older than us, smarter than us, and loves us. We, we can trust him. That means the assets we have. You know, if I go through the Bible, and, and I were trying to find why do I have assets, assets meaning money, whatever, why do I have them? You know, could you come up with a simple explanation why God would give me and trust me with assets? I'm smart enough. Okay, could be. <laughs> could be. Could be that he just likes me better than you or yeah. more than you, whatever. Yeah. That's None of that's true. The, the, the reason I have assets, here's what I know. Here's why I don't have them is to be self-centered. Mm. That, that's the only thing I know for sure is that that's not why I have them. So if I am using all of my assets for me, then I am going to be miserable because I wasn't made for that. And neither were my assets made for that. So, uh, you know, we have people that are listening to us, Jeff, that I am sure are struggling with the idea of being generous and helping people, whatever, because they really believe that they should be looking out for themselves. And so what's happening is they believe all the assets really are for them. And, and that's not why you have them. If you look in the Bible, you realize there's two things that are important, loving God, 
loving each other. Now, part of loving each other is making each other successful. That means using my assets, whatever they are, to help you. You know, Jeff, you were getting a house once. I had some extra things I gave you or whatever. I'm thinking, okay, how can I help you? I'm looking at a young child. How can I help them learn how to ride a bike? How can I, maybe I need to go buy a bike for them. Maybe, I, you know, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. So what your mind frame charitable-wise goes to is how can I show this individual God's love? How can I make for them the life that um, God would want them to have? Now, that doesn't mean just giving them things because that might hurt them. Yeah. I mean, if I gave somebody who's already very greedy and et cetera, a million dollars, uh, that's not helping them. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I need to look and really my time is more important than my money. Throwing money at somebody, that's the easy thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Um, helping them is, is a different. I went to Africa once, Jeff, and it was amazing to me. Um, when I got to Africa, the certain part where I was at, um, I was told they make $12 a year there. Wow. Okay, so it's a dollar a month. Mm-hmm. And obviously everything's uh, different. The culture's different. And, you know, everywhere I went, they would present me with a Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. And so I'm speaking, and before I could speak, there was this ceremony where these ladies would come, and there would be a box, and there would be a, a doily, uh, for lack of a better thing on it, a handmade kind of big doily on top mm-hmm. of the box. And there'd be a bottle of Coke sitting on top of it, open with a straw. And they would bring it up to me. And I would take it and thank them, and I would drink it. And as soon as I finished that Coke, the ceremony would start all over again. And they'd bring me another one. And, mm-hmm. I, and I remember telling, I, by the way, um, I'm not against Coke, but I don't, I, I'm not a pop drinker. So yeah. I, I was doing it to be nice. I wasn't even drinking it because I like Coke. Yeah. And, and finally, I looked at the missionary after like the second or third one. I said, you know, why do they keep doing this? He goes, quit drinking them. <laughs> oh, got it. You know, I'm, 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 I, here I am trying to, you know, think this one through. Yeah. But what I find out later is it, the Cokes cost them 75 cents each. Wow. And because it was from America, every American likes Cokes. And they were trying to be hospitable to me and make me feel like I was welcome. Hmm. Now, they had taken offerings for months ahead of time to make sure they had Cokes for me. Not only that, in, in this area I was in, um, they have outhouses. They don't have bathrooms. And, and it was, it's not the kind of outhouses that you and I would want to use. Basically, they go to the bathroom in a hole in the ground with nothing around them. They just, there's, there's no privacy at all. Mm. But since I was from America, they understand us Americans have this fascination with privacy. And so they put walls around one of the holes for me so that I could go into a place and have some privacy. Hmm. which was very interesting to me. Yeah. You know, and then I went to eat one day uh, at a home at the pastor's house, and they insisted that we go eat after I spoke at a church. Jeff, I think they gave me everything they had left in the house. Hmm. I think they didn't have anything left um, after they served me. And I did not want to eat. Honestly, I did not want to eat. I'm thinking, I'm from America. I can get food. Mm-hmm. Yet nobody ate. This whole husband, wife, all the children, they served me first. They waited until my plate was full. They wanted me to take everything that they served. And they were joyful about it. They were joyful about giving me the Coke. They were joyful about helping me. And I'm thinking of all the people in the world that does not need your help. I am it. I do not need help from somebody who makes $12 a year. I don't need that. And I was feeling guilty the whole time I was there. I didn't want to take anything. I didn't want to participate because I felt guilty. Yeah. You know, you know what I would have done though? I would have been robbing them of something that they were doing. 
they were showing me that I was important and they loved me. Mm. And I wanted to take that away because of my pride. I wasn't healthy at that moment. And they taught me that. The poor people taught me through charity. Isn't that amazing? It's humbling. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm just sitting here kind of, I mean, I'd have the same reaction. I mean, yeah. why would you, even in America, we have a hard time, those who are wealthy, just taking and receiving gifts to us. Because let's face it, we can just go out and I can go buy a cheeseburger at McDonald's. I don't have to worry about, you know, what I'm going to eat on my plate. I'm thankful that I'm in the position of that. Now, I understand we have many other situations that are not that way in America where there is poverty that is happening. It does exist in America and we have to do something about it, but that's overall, that's humbling. And yeah. yet we see this overall in, in so many different ways. We see people who we think, well, they don't have a whole lot, but they want to give. They just want to keep doing that. And I think that's such a, not only is it a noble characteristic, it's, it's, man, it's humbling on both sides of it. Someone who actually gets to receive an act of charity and also somebody who has the opportunity to give. Yeah. I mean, and they were thrilled. I, I, I mean, you can go in the United States and, and do an analogy. My, my father and mother-in-law would take my wife and I have to eat once in a while. And, and as we were younger and we were struggling, they would always pay to eat. Hmm. Now they're in retirement home and we go out to eat and I pay to eat. Now, somewhere along the line, I made him put his wallet back in his pocket. Hmm. You know, Jeff, honestly, I think he still has more money than me. But it's a privilege for me hmm. to take them out to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's part of saying to them, I love you. Let us take care of you. Thank you for the years where we were poor and you took care of us. It's not a pride thing or anything because really that doesn't matter at this point. I, it's more, it's, it's my turn to help you. And to take you out and to not expect from you that you would pay for us anymore. And I want to do this because I want to be a part of your life kind of thing. And I think that's part of charity as well. It's growing up to the point. When I was earlier, I was, I was hoping, I hope he pays for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Honestly, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. But as I matured, I began to realize, you know what? It's not the point. The point is I need to be able to enjoy giving to be with them. And in order to be with them now, they're at the age where I need to sit and go to a restaurant. And and if they're going to pay, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to make sure that I take care of them. Now it's turning the tide a little bit. Mm. That Man, that's so interesting. And it's refreshing too. And when we come back in the next part of the conversation, I want to talk about how millennials give. Do millennials, do you think millennials, this next generation of young people, are they going to be ones that are known as givers? Or are they going to be ones that are taking and squandering and using money for their own their own gain. So join us on that conversation when we come back. Remember, you can chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio and Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Jeff and DW with you tonight. So glad that you joined us here on the show. Talking about charity. And uh, Dave, this article, I just found an article on WashingtonPost.com talking about this millennial generation. There's a lot of different ideas of what this generation is. Some people think, well, they're one of the laziest generations out there. Right. Who are these people anyway? Yeah, they're, they're a very big part of our culture right now, especially our workforce. Uh, it is the biggest demographic of people, and they're roughly the 25 to 30 age range. They're, there's different definitions of 
millennials so, know who they are, but coming of middle, age around age twenty, late twenties, early thirties, something like that. They're right now they're about in their twenties, so they're just coming out of college, entering the workforce now. And so there's a lot of different studies going on about them, a lot of different interviews and and different personalities speaking up on what it means to be a millennial these days. And one of the things that I found out recently is that this millennial generation is actually a very philanthropic generation. They really? really want to make a difference in their world, and they give quite a bit more than we realize. Huh. And, and do you know why they give? Is, is that in the studies at all, or is it just the fact that they do give? Well, there are different factors, and actually, interestingly enough, in this Washington Post article, this is going to be in our show notes as well, that 84% of the ones that were surveyed in this survey made a charitable charitable donation in 2014. And of those who gave, and this is a survey of 2,500 millennial employees uh, in small and large firms, of those who gave, only 22% said their donation was given through their company. So that means that 78%, more than three out of every four millennials, gave a donation on their own to their own organization of their choosing, not even through their company. So this is one of those where financially they're giving more and they're also volunteering a lot more. You know what? I've actually been encouraging people that want to give to individuals to not put it through a system even, is to just give it to the individual. Let's say, Jeff, you were going to be uh, doing some mission work. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I encourage is the church to hold you accountable and people to just give you money. Because I think you can give somebody like up to 13000 a year and it's not tax deductible at that point. And so they actually get more of your money if you can give it to them mm-hmm. than, than going through another system. And actually, the millennials like that. I mean, they like the idea of of doing something a little different that's more maybe efficient. The, the thing is accountability. Of course, you want you want yeah. people to you know, want to give people money, but they've got the GoFundMe stuff going on, and I mean mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, um, which is an interesting thing of of your generation. I mean, that came out of you guys uh, doing that. It wasn't my generation. We don't we don't go on the internet as much. Um, yeah. but the bottom line really is it's a great idea. I heard there's there's a percentage that's taken, so you got to watch that. But at the same point, it's a good idea. It can happen very quickly, and people can get get funds going. Let me ask you something though. You're you're in that generation. What is it that that would draw you to give to something? Why would you give? Why would you be charitable or want to participate in something? From a person of faith, I think having the foundation of faith, you have to realize that everything that you have didn't really originate from you. It's more of just you're entrusted with that resource. So for me, it makes it easier to give knowing that it wasn't mine to begin with. Okay. I would have to see a need. I mean, for me, it's just I don't want to just give to somebody who doesn't have a need. There's no reason to give. I, I'm motivated by uh, some kind of a need. Well, let me, ask, let me ask you this. You grew up in a generation now that's very uh, media savvy and, mm-hmm. and a lot of television, a lot of media presence regardless of the, of the kind. And a lot of that is played to the e- emotion, the immediate. Do you think that there's a lot in your generation that are giving out of an emotional burst, but not really thinking it through so that there's a, a plan down the road, or, or is it something else? Because, uh, again, my generation was seemingly expert at flashing somebody in front of you that has a tremendous need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then because of the emotional burst at that moment, and because of the things like GoFundMe, and because of things that are, I mean, PayPal or whatever else, I mean, there's so many ways you can give quickly. I don't right now. Yeah, I don't want to generalize and say that every millennial is like this, but I would be a little bit more apt to being a little bit more short term okay. on my giving than I would be on a long term kind of a thing. And, and if it's convenient, does that matter? Yes, it, it does. I mean, it's easy for me if I'm just going to make a, a text payment. You know, I can do that. Okay, I, I don't know what that is, but that, that's good. I, it, yeah, it, it, text payment obviously 
my texting. Uh, well, yeah, and, and so it just shows up on your monthly bill or something. I don't know. Can I get my text address to you so you could just do that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what my text address is. Never mind. What I'm getting at is, do you think that, is it charitable to give out of guilt? Feeling like you have a lot and other people don't. Is that is that a good reason to give? I think a little guilt isn't necessarily a bad thing. Okay. I mean, guilt guilt is one thing to to differentiate between shame, like okay. being ashamed that you have so much money and that you're not really giving it. That's that's a really poor emotional manipulation. It happens and we fall for it. But I think it, even in our generation, it is easy to give to something that makes us sad or that makes us happy or feel good in some ways. So, yeah, there's there's a part of that as well. well. How about the Bible where it says that we don't give out of necessity? Should we give just because there's a need? Why would you give if God says not to give it out of necessity, but he loves a cheerful giver? What, what do you think that's talking about? Well, is that talking about tithing or is that just talking about... Like, you know, the first church, they were always sharing with what they had with everybody else. Well, so. I think, yeah, I don't know. I think need will always be there. I, I mean, right now, we could identify people that have need all over the world. Yeah. Well, so, so you can go nuts given money. Yeah, you could. You absolutely could. I mean, so obviously, the, need can't be the only factor. No, you know, and that's where like foundations come in and giving, you know, tithing to our local church, you know, the, the biblical, I would say, suggestion would be the 10% rule. You know, right. and I got to be honest, I don't even know if I make it up to that 10% mark. Right. And in just charitable giving, not just, you know, charity itself, but, you know, even in my local church, like that's a, even in America, I think that's a challenge for a lot of people is they, do we actually give what God would command? I just, I find that an interesting. Well, I found it as, as I'm getting older, the thing that I've realized is that I really don't want to give to anything that just because there's a need, because I really have run out. I mean, it never ends. The need thing just never ends. Yeah. And, and I could be a guilt person. I mean, I could be giving and trying to stoke myself by giving to make sure I don't feel bad about something. And I think God wants me not to do that. I think he wants me to look at things and figure out, why did I give you your assets and what's the best way to use them? That's all. And, and it, it could be giving. I, I think of a guy like Laterno, and I'm not sure my numbers. You could look him up. He, there's a college named after him, and Christian guy. And I, and I believe what he did was he decided to live off 10% of his income. And give the rest away. Eventually, he made quite a bit of money. So I, d- I don't know how all that happened. But it's kind of interesting that early in life, that, that there was a decision to give. And then to live off of a certain amount rather than a different. And he was able to make a big difference in people's lives. Here's what I'm excited about with what you said about millennials. You know, I, I can't analyze all the whys or whatever. That's not my position. But I do know that if you start something early in life, it's something that continues with you the rest of your life. It's a good thing to do. And, and I would encourage the millennials that are listening, it, it's good to be charitable. It is good to look at what other people uh, in their life, how to make them successful. If you're doing that apart from God, I think that's nice, but you're wasting your time. I think the first and foremost thing is to understand and have a relationship with God. And if you don't have that, if he's not your father, if you don't know he's providing for you, I invite you to go to hopenet360.com, talk to one of the live coaches right there and say, man, I... I don't know about this heavenly father stuff. Help me, help me sort it out. Once you have a father like God and you know that you can trust him, then being charitable with others is pretty easy because you know your father's got your back. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage you to get things in the right order here and, and, and start early and things could really be different in your generation than mine. Yeah, and one of those hard things about charity, and we're going to talk about this in the second half of the show tonight, is that it's not so much about the finances and the funds, 
but it's more about your faith. That's what charity is really all about. And it's a heart issue. We can't talk about uh, a faith perspective from a pocketbook. That's just numbers and decimal points and everything else that goes with that from a numbers advantage. But when we begin to look at the faith and how we exhibit faith in our life, it's going to affect our finances. It's going to affect our time, our talent, our treasure in those ways. So join us in the second half of the show. Remember to check out the tweet back right now. We're on Twitter. Just use the hashtag HNRTV. Leave us your thoughts. Let us know what do you give to and why do you give. We'd love to hear from you tonight. You can also email us at hope at hopenet360.com anytime. We'll always reply to your emails and your tweets, and we'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. And the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Glad that you've joined us. This is the show where conversations save lives, and we want to thank you for being part of the conversation with us. It's been a great conversation about charity, and of course, if you miss any part of the conversation, go and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. All you got to do is visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. You'll find all of our past episodes. You can go back and listen to tonight's show, and you can share it with your friends. We'd love for you to do that as well, and especially if this has been a difficult topic for you to hear about We want you to catch our hearts on it. This is a difficult topic to talk about because usually people think of charity and they think money and finances and that. And that's a difficult thing to to talk about because we hold on to those things so tightly. So, Dave, it's it's been a great conversation. I've enjoyed even the breaks. We've just been chatting about some different things. You brought up a great, great story that I had forgotten about. Uh, Elijah in 1 Kings 17. There's a story of Elijah that I think is so compelling and charity isn't so much about finances and funds but it's really more about faith oh man without faith the bible tells us it's impossible to please him so there's no way to please god without faith and and what faith actually is is believing that god will do what he says now here's what i know about god that he loves dave wager and that he's my provider he is the one that will sustain me i know that so if I listen to him, I'm okay. That's all. He could put it on my heart, Jeff, to give everything away, and I'd be okay. He could put it on my heart not to. But look at Elijah. Elijah prayed. If you know the story, he prayed and, and told King Ahab, I think it was, that you're a bad king and you're godless. So God's going to show you that he's God, basically. And that's what we're all about is showing somebody who God is. And, and he says, there's not going to be any rain until I pray, and then he leaves. And he goes to a brook, and, and the brook provides him with water, and God actually sends ravens to give him food. Ravens have a reputation. Yeah. Yeah. Ravenous is the word that comes from ravens. They love eating food. So the very idea that ravens were dropping food to this dude, I mean, that's pretty cool. So he's getting food. He's getting water. Now, I don't know about you, Jeff, but after a while, when I would get up in the morning, I would think, Akuna Matata, I have food. I have water. The ravens are going to come. They're going to drop me food. And I'm going to drink water from the brook. Maybe he'll bring me bacon. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Here's the deal. One day the ravens quit supplying food and the brook dries up. You know what I'm thinking now? Uh-oh. God, you let me down. Yeah. You're not caring for me anymore. No. See, that's not it. Faith, 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 faith. This has never been about me. What was this about in the first place? This is about king not knowing God 
and me asking God to do something about getting the king to know him. <laughs> right? This wasn't about Elijah, right? So here we are. You know, if I'm a, if I'm at work, I'm a millennial today, I'm anybody at work. What, what I'm thinking is I need to live in a way where my desire is to show people who God is. Through my money, through my time, through my effort, through my work, whatever it might be. See, that's where Elijah started. So Elijah doesn't complain here, but he, he, what does he do? He finds a widow. The crisis kind of sends him out, and, and he finds a widow, and she's gathering sticks, I believe, and she's going to, and you can go read this yourself. First Kings 17. Yeah. And, and he goes out. She's gathering sticks. And if you listen to her, she says, I'm going to gather sticks, make a fire, and cook the last meal I have for my son to keep him alive. All right, she's really concerned about her son. And Elijah says, well, cook it for me instead. This is my own rendition. And you'll have plenty. He doesn't say that, but cook it for me instead. She does. And she never runs out of the oil and the grain that she Mm -hmm. needs. And so here she is. She listened to the prophet. And because the prophet told her to do that and she listened, she never ran out of oil and grain. Now, I'm thinking a mom is thinking, oh, man, I don't have to worry now. My son will stay alive. So a little bit later in life here her son dies mm-hmm. now can you think what this lady's thinking what have you done to point out my sins and yeah. kill my son that's what he yeah i mean what's the deal yeah. it'd be modern vernacular hey, yeah. what's the deal yeah you, you came here i gave you this i got all the food now i need for my son and he dies anyway yeah see here's what i think i think she was trusting first of all i think she was thinking my son will die because i can't have food so she was giving power to food at that point not to God. So Elijah was able to step in her life. No, it's not the food. And by the way, here's the food. Now now she's saying, okay, now I got food. I can trust food. And her son dies anyway. It's almost as if God is saying, you know what, Elijah, it's good you didn't trust the ravens. It's good you didn't trust the brook. I'm teaching this lady not to trust the food. So Elijah actually brings this boy back to life, or God does, you yeah. know, through Elijah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it goes on from there. You know, what I've learned it, it very simply from this story is that Dave Wager is so much like these, this story. I mean, I, I can try to trust the things in life that I have. I can trust the ravens, the brooks. I can trust grain. I can trust the oil. I can trust my health. I can trust, and God's going to have to show me. That's not why I have it, to trust those things. Those things are not reliable. In fact, God will use them for this ultimate purpose of showing who he is. Ultimately, this king needed to know that God was God and that the king wasn't. Ultimately, Elijah needed to know that you got to trust God in that stuff. Ultimately, this woman needed to know that she needed to trust God in that grain. And and God was using Elijah in all of those instances. He was just making himself available, and all those assets started to get rearranged. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure if this is the best way to get rich, or if this is really on that in that book that you're going to find of you know three ways to get rich now. But giving away stuff, giving away things, yeah, you might have need for, but you know is going to benefit somebody else. I don't know if that's really a great way to get rid of stuff, but being charitable, giving away things, realizing that they weren't yours to begin with is a big part of becoming charitable. And I think there are a few things, and this passage points out a lot of those things, but I think there are a few things to realize. Every person that is charitable, every person that does give, and it, it has this quality within them, realizes a couple of things. And the first thing is that it's not about them. Life, everything you have, it's not about them. This isn't something that comes naturally to people because I have to teach my son how to share in the first place. He doesn't place. know it's not about him yet? He does not know it's not about him no. yet. He didn't come out knowing it's not about him. I, I know, they don't. I think sometimes I don't even realize it's not about me. Yeah. 
I mean, I still have those wake up moments like, oh yeah, thank you. So you cry like him to your wife? I don't, (laughs) not lately. (laughs) All right, good. I'm just checking. No, but it, it, it becomes, even in our culture, it becomes easy to be discontent with what we have. And yet I'm probably in the top 8% of wealth globally by what I have than many other people that live in the world. They have a lot less than I do. And I'm not wealthy by, by American standards, but I'm wealthy by worldly standards. I have more than I need. In a lot so of ways. when God looks at us, do you think he looks at us through the lens of the world or culture? I think he looks, I don't think he looks through our pocketbook right. as much. And that's why I said world or culture. You know, I mean, it, it's like, are the same things important to you and I in America as they were to the people in Africa and to this lady that Elijah saw? I mean, is it the same thing that's important? I do think that capitalism or wealth acquisition is not just an American ideal. Okay. I think people do desire worldly things. Uh, Jesus talked a lot about worldly treasures, you know, how much we're putting our faith in money. You know, you can't serve both God and money. So this isn't just an American so thing. So it becomes evil when you start trusting it. Yeah, it's and even Elijah. Elijah was a prophet of God. He went where God told him to go. And by the way, it doesn't say that he trusted the raven or the brook either. No, we're kind of reading I'm speculating, and I, because I would. I mean, I would begin to just think automatically, I'm going to get up tomorrow. And the ravens would drop me food and however it worked. I, well, I, I would just think that. The reality is, though, that people that live by faith still struggle. I still struggle every day with Absolutely. the possessions I have. Am I using my own wealth? Am I using my own stuff for my own pleasure? Am I actually giving much more than the average person in my county actually gives 2.52% of their adjusted gross income to a charitable organization now? You could say that, well, that's a charitable donation. That's statistically, that's just based on what's reported. So I may actually give more time than I realize. I might actually give more money than I realize. But yet it comes down to I spend more time with my family or with some people that I enjoy being around versus those that I don't know if they know Christ in my community. So there's a challenge in any way you look at it is how charitable am I really needing to be? And again, charity begins in the heart. We're going to, we're going to continue this conversation when we come back. I think it's so important to grasp that charity is not about your pocketbook. It's not about how much money's in the bank. It's not even about how much you're willing to volunteer. It's more of a heart issue than anything else. So we're going to pick up this conversation when we come back. Be a part of it with us. Join us on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB if you're on Twitter. And the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. I said it a couple of weeks ago, and I'm saying it again tonight. Your worth is not measured by how much you possess, but by how much you give away. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. We're talking about charity tonight. Jeff, DW, your host. Glad that you've joined us on the show. Dave, this faith thing, this heart thing about charity, we think charity is, let's just write a check. Let's just give a couple of dollars here or there. You know, there's a need. Let's send some Kindles overseas or whatever. And, and we think, oh, I've done my good deed. I can pat myself on the back and... Now I can live. You know, I'm being charitable. That's what being charitable is about. And I think, David, so much more than that. It's so much, it's more of faith, but then it's a heart issue as well that we have to look inside of us and say, what inside of me really desires to be charitable? Yeah. We have to decide what's really important in life because I think the unimportant, when it becomes important, destroys the important. There are things in life that are unimportant. They're not evil. 
but they're unimportant. Uh, a perfect lawn at my house. You know, it's not wrong to cut your grass, keep it neat, that kind of thing. But are you going to spend an hour on it or five hours on it? You know, it depends. And and what we have to understand is that things that we own really own us. <laughs> um, and we don't realize that. The giving them away reduces their power and their control over us. And the only one that should have control over us is God. But But everything I've ever owned, I've realized this at my age now, has owned me to a certain degree. My car right now needs brakes, and I ordered the parts, and I ordered one part less than I should. So I am still waiting to get the brakes done. And the thing is, I have to order the parts. I have to go put them on. I have to. It's not like I can just have it done by twitching my nose or something. That's not how it works. So the, the weird part is I have to give time to this car. That's not evil, but it owns me. I don't have a choice. And, and whether it be needing to paint my house or I heat my house with wood, and now I'm, I'm just talking about, should I keep heating my house with wood? I mean, honestly, should I just dial the, the, the thing and do it that way? And the hours I put into wood, mm-hmm. you know, should I do that? However, as I've talked with my wife about it, it's like, no, those are exercise hours for you. We like that. Okay, well, <laughs> that, that's fine too. You know, but you begin to realize that everything owns you. And the freedom comes when things don't own you anymore. That's where freedom is. Yeah. And, and I need to be able to, in my life, to be able to say the money that I have, that, I, that I've made somehow, the toys that I have, whatever it might be, whatever you list, I, I need to be able to say they're yours if you want them. And they don't owe me anymore. Now there's something I can use for the good of other people. And, and really, the only one that owns me is God, and I need to live and act that way, or I'm going to be in trouble. You know, I caught this, this show, this television show, a couple of weeks ago, and it, it kind of boggling my mind a little bit and we're talking about a little bit about money but kind of an interesting thing uh, out of this show it was really about this couple this family couple of families received a briefcase and they had a hundred thousand dollars in it and they had to decide how they're going to use it a lot of them had these monstrous debts that were like not just you know a couple thousand dollars it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars and they had to decide if they were going to keep the money if they were going to give it away or if they were going to give a portion of it away. That was the challenge. Uh, they got to know about this other family that they were potentially going to benefit. The thing they didn't know was that both of these families did get the same briefcase, the same amount of money. But along the way, they learned about this other family story. They learned about you know the trouble that they were in, why they needed this. One of them was a Hispanic couple. The other one, a firefighter living on a single income. And so they both families had tremendous need for these finances, these funds. And so... They had 72 hours to figure out how they're going to use the funds uh, to decide if they were going to give any of it away, keep it for themselves or whatever. And interestingly enough, at the end of it, they both came to an agreement. The, the two couples sat down, they met together. They realized that, wow, both of us had briefcases. They both had decided ahead of time how much they were going to give. At that time, they both decided they were going to give something. And one gave a significant amount and the other one gave everything that they had to this other family. Yeah. And so it was, it was just an interesting show because it, it showed when you, you know, you hear someone's story, you see a need and you're able to meet that need. And you're also faced with the reality that even though I'm going to give this away, I, I need this, but somebody else needs it more. Yeah. I think that's another principle that every person who is charitable, they understand that you always will have more than you actually need. Yeah. And that someone actually does need what you have. Yeah. 
I think that's hard for us to grasp because, you know, at my age, I look at, I look back at my, my life, my house, my cars. I could always use more money for something. I could always use more money. Right. You know, I, I could always upgrade something. I could always do something different than I've, than I've done before. There's a line somewhere you got to draw and say enough is enough. You know, I, this is now something that's going into the excess category. Now, some might be saying, so you don't think God wants us to enjoy things. You know what? I think when we start enjoying things more than we enjoy people, that we can't be okay anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when I think we're going to be in trouble down the road psychologically and every other way. Because we weren't meant to love things. We were meant to love people. We were meant to love God. But we weren't meant to love money. And we weren't meant to love Houses, and we weren't meant to love popularity, and we weren't meant to love food. We weren't meant to love those things. Mm-hmm. Th- those are things that, in and of themselves, aren't evil. I mean, you're not going to, I'm not going to tell you, you know, I still like hot dogs. I, I, I still like bologna, actually. I haven't had bologna in years, but I grew up uh, every single day I walked to school. I know, uphill both ways. I understand the joke. Yeah. But I actually did walk to school, and every day I had the same sandwich, and every day I looked forward to lunch. It was bologna with mayo on white bread. And no, we didn't refrigerate it back then. Nobody cared. It was probably botulism. By the time I ate it every day, I have no idea. <laughs> but, but, but boy, I looked forward to that sandwich every single day. And I had it every lunch, and I never got tired of it. Wow. And I'm talking to you now, my, my mouth is still watering over the bologna sandwich. You know, here's what's interesting. For me, that was uh, something growing up in a poorer home in Chicago. It was a great sandwich, and it filled my stomach, and I liked it. I don't think it was excess at all. But I tell you, even then, when you had someone who forgot their lunch, you learned. You gave them half your sandwich, Mm. even if you loved it. Because it was really about people back then. Life was simpler, it seemed, when you were poorer. You know, my brother and I, we didn't have the money to go buy a bunch of stuff, but my dad told us to be creative, and we used to garbage pick in Chicago, and we built our own bikes. We did all kinds of stuff. We have a good relationship. We did a lot of stuff together because we were out there just trying to make things happen together. Mm-hmm. You know, those who don't have a lot of resources end up spending a lot more time together, laughing and doing things, and even sitting on a porch and enjoying each other's company. Mm-hmm. And and there's something valuable about that, that those who have distractions and begin to love things have missed out on. And I think if you're out there and you begin to love things, you've kind of prostituted yourself, and you'll never enjoy the relationships you can because things are getting in the way, and one of the best things you can do is give those things away. Yeah, and that that's an important principle. And we're not saying that it's it's bad to have money or wealth no. or any of those things it's it's more of probably more of a time thing you know how much energy and if it's a brook thing and a raven thing where you're trusting them i mean those are things or if you can't spend time with people because of things then they become god to you and more important than people you're going to regret that well yeah and it, it always comes down to in life it's not not necessarily what's in our bank account it really is more about faith it's more yep. about what i'm putting my faith in am i trusting that my pocketbook's going to sustain me through this? Am I trusting that, you know, that person deserves it? You know, if God tells me to give something to a millionaire, you know, I might look at that and say, well, why in the world would God have me give something to someone that has all that money? It's it's not even about that. I think the hardest thing, though, even as an American, you talked about this too when you went to Africa, is that it was actually hard to receive 
an act of charity. It is. And, and not just an act of kindness. I think there's a distinctive between kindness. We were talking about this before the show. Kindness and charity. Kindness is more of an attitude. Uh, it's it, The opposite of kindness is actually envy, whereas the opposite of charity is greed. So one is what you have or what you possess or what you give away. One of it's it's the action of that. And kindness is more about the attitude. So wanting the best for somebody instead of wanting their stuff. Right. That's the difference there. So I think it's an important distinction. And we're going to wrap up this conversation when we come back here on the show. Of course, it's not the full conversation. There's a lot more to talk about. Of course, we hope you have more to talk about when we come back. Keep it here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW wrapping things up. Dave, I was thinking before we go, we should probably give some things of what to do. Especially if someone's thinking, well, how do I even start? Where do I begin? If I want to be a charitable person, what does that look like? I, I think you have to evaluate first in your own life what we talked about earlier. Understanding that the assets that you have and the things that you have are not for your self-indulgence. And just get that in your head first. And and after you get that, you get an attitude adjustment kind of thing. Now you realize, then why do I have them? It's to make other people in other places, to bless them, to make them successful. I mean, uh, even, uh, sounds like a shameless ad, but the, the HopeNet 360 uh, that we do here, it's all, you know, nonprofit. And by the way, I just do this because I love doing it. I don't, I don't get any pay. I don't do anything. I, I don't get my mileage. I don't do anything for money. I just do it because I love being here. I love being a part of this. So it's my way of giving mm-hmm. in, in, in a sense. And, and I enjoy that. And I've never asked for anything and I don't want anything. See, that's kind of what we're asking our listeners to give. Mm-hmm. give find something that you can support, be a part of. Am I giving financially right now to hopenet360.com? No, I'm not really. I'm giving my life in a way instead. I'm, I'm giving my time. I'm giving the gas that goes in the car. And, and, and I don't, you know, and again, I'm not holding me up. I'm just saying that's a way of giving because you want to. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the asset thing. I have found, Jeff, that I, I, what people really need to do is, is ask them this, they're, they're, this question. Do I want to use God or love God? Do I want to use people or love people? Hmm. Do I want to use assets or do I love assets? Yeah. Now, the, the answers to those will reveal a lot about um, your heart. And really, God's there to be loved. People are there to be loved. And things are there to be used. <laughs> and if you use the things you're supposed to love, you're going to be messed up. Yep. If you love the things you're supposed to use, you're going to be messed up. So I would encourage uh, your local church, if you're going to a place where, where they're teaching the gospel and, and you're there and you're growing, you should be taking care of the people there that teach you. HopeNet 360, places uh, like Silver Birch Ranch, places like uh, different missionaries that you might know that are out serving people and trusting God for their resources. Mm-hmm. Why don't you bless them and be a part of their lives? There are single moms out there that are struggling to make ends meet, perhaps uh, helping them. And it, it doesn't need to be money all the time. There, are, I know that there's single ladies, single moms, even some men that are not really good at handyman kind of things around their house. And m- maybe you can, maybe you are. Or, or maybe you can help them get a computer set up, or maybe you can cut the grass for them. You know, I recently had somebody decide that they're going to cut my grass for me. Really? I'm kind of weirded out by it <laughs> because I can cut my own grass. I yeah. mean, I know how to do this, and, I, and I'm and i not handicapped or anything. I can do this. But, you know, it took something for me to back off and say, okay, this person is so excited about doing it for me 
they love doing it. And I did it once while they said they were going to do it. And they came over and looked at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it's like, oh, I'm cutting my grass. It's, it, but I realized this is their gift to me. Hmm. They love doing it. And they love cutting grass and they love doing it. And I need to let them do it. Hmm. See, it's, it's part of the humanity thing, loving one another. Mm-hmm. Um, this person I've helped in many other ways through the years. And they now are saying, I would like to be a part of your life, and this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of ways you could do this. I think the other way, you could be charitable or kind. Let's say you're eating at a table in a public place, and it's dirty. Why don't you clean it up before you leave? Hmm. You know what I mean? What you're doing is thinking about the person that's coming behind you. It's terrible. You don't know who they are. Hmm. But what about the, the, the junk on the floor instead of just walking by it, pick it up, throw it in the garbage? I mean, again, thinking about the people that come behind you. So I think broadening your perspective a little bit about what charitable is, it's not necessarily just throwing money at a situation. Yeah. It, it, it's much better if you teach someone how to fish than just give them that fish. It, it's much better if you would love God and let that love of God be something that you start looking at people through that lens. And again, I might say, use things, don't love things, and love people and love God, and you'll be okay. And and start right at home, start with your home church, and then branch it out. If somebody's affecting you in a positive way, allow yourself to be in a position where you help them continue to do what they're doing. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing to also understand. And it still astounds me in some ways. I'm kind of used to it, but I still have to consistently I have to help my son learn how to share. I think one of the most basic things to help your son or your daughter is, as they're growing up, if you're a parent out there, is helping them understand that, yeah, the world's not about you, but that you need to also share what you have because that's the right thing to do. And in fact, when I see my son sharing something with his brother, I think, wow, I just want to, I want to bless him more. I want to give him a bigger car. I want to give him something, you know, I'm talking a Hot Wheels car, not a yeah, thank you. All right. yeah. A, a semi. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or a little Humvee car, yeah. anyway. But I, I, I want to bless him. I think that's the heart of God. I think what God sees us giving and not expecting something in return, giving something to someone else that they have a use for, or just would rather use themselves. I think God takes opportunity yeah. to look for ways that He can give back into our lives. It may not be the same way. He may not replace the car we have. He might instead decide to give us a new lawnmower, or maybe there's a, a vacation, or something. I don't know how God's going to bless you. But I just all I know is that when we look at our life and we look at our gifts, our talents, our abilities, and we use them not just for our own personal gain, but we use them to help other people without asking for anything in return. I think God sees that and he honors that. And I think that's so important when we talk about faith and we talk about how charity begins in the heart. It's more about an attitude of faith and saying, this isn't mine to begin with. So let me just use my own talents, my own abilities. Maybe I like to shovel driveways. Maybe I like to build websites. Maybe I like to help work with my hands, cut down lumber or that sort of stuff. Let me use that to help somebody else and benefit them when they may be able to do it themselves. Uh, I think of cutting someone else's lawn. I think someone would look at me if I was to do that for a neighbor. They'd look at me and think, well, what is my lawn like terrible that you have to go yeah. cut it for me? You know, we have yeah. this, such this ego. And I think we need to also learn how to receive acts of charity. I think that's an important thing as well. But any way that we can do that in our life, I think you'll find hope in that. In that being able to give of yourself without expecting something in return is one of the most important things you could ever learn in your life. It's one of the most 
ways it's one of the best ways to inspire somebody else to do something great in this world and i i think if we did that more if we lived out of charity not just with our pocketbooks but in our everyday life i think you'd see things like ferguson things like charleston things situations and even topics like racism we would see those things go away because we realize the dignity of every person it is all about us living not just for ourselves but for our own fellow man our brothers or sisters those who are in christ but even those who don't know christ because again the heart of god the whole life of jesus was about giving and self-sacrifice not for his own personal gain but for our gain someone outside of himself so those are my final thoughts tonight david any any god didn't create you to work for money he created you to work and he created you to trust him in that work some of you, as you work, will get paid way too much for what you do. Some of you get paid way too little. If you get paid way too much, I encourage you to be generous. If you get paid way too little, don't complain. Enjoy the life that God gave you and make sure that you are careful about not using God or using people. Make sure you love God, love people, and use your stuff in order to love God and love people better. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. They're there. We've got some links, some articles. There's also an interactive map from Philanthropy.com that actually shows you can find out in your state, your county, how much people give on average. I can tell you in my own area, it's about 2.5% of their adjusted gross income. Go and check that out at HopeNet360.com. Also, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast and whatever platform you use, make sure you leave a review it makes it easier for people to find our podcast and that you can share it with your friends you can go back and listen to past episodes it just makes it all that much more simple of course you can connect with us anytime email us at hope at hopenet360.com dave and i love reading your messages and we might even talk about them especially if you bring up some great questions things that we didn't cover on the show it's always better to have more people in the conversation and of course we're on twitter just use the hashtag hnrtb and you'll find us there you can follow us retweet us favorite we'll do the same for you as well so for dave i'm jeff saying so long we'll see you guys online and next week bye